Hey, what's going on, y'all? Welcome to the Ethan and Terry Show, a podcast dedicated to tackling and uncovering the latest news stories within sports and entertainment. It's your boy Ethan, aka Easy Pull Up. I'm here with Terry Jenkins Jr. Terry, man, what's going on, bro? Not much, bro. Not much. Much. Just chilling. Yeah, man. It's been it's been a crazy weekend, bro, and sports in general, but specifically with college football, man. We'll we'll get it kicked off with there talking about Tua, bro. Like, as an Alabama fan, how concerned are you right now about just uh, the fate of Alabama's uh, future in, in the college football playoffs this season? Um, extremely concerned. I could, I could see a situation where a few teams may lose and we get in. Yeah. But at the same time, it's just like, man, even if we get in, it's going to be tough to survive. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough to win against Auburn when we go to play them. That's going to be a tough game. So, I mean, I just think this this whole thing just makes the rest of the road extremely tough for us. And the crazy thing about it is I don't think Tua should have gotten back in, in no. the game. No. We were up 35-7. to 7. I know Coach said he wanted him in for a quote-unquote two-minute drill, but it was honestly three minutes and like seven seconds left in the game when this happened. So yeah. I, I don't, I don't, I don't understand. Now, now, during that game though, um, were there any additional injuries to Tua? I, I saw that one of one of the star defensive linemen went out. I think one of the receivers was injured as well. Yeah, yeah, one of our receivers, I believe, Rugs the third, but. It's yeah. something minor. It wasn't big. Um, he'll be back. Um, definitely wasn't to, to a standpoint. We did lose one of our defensive linemen, but we've been kind of swapping out on a defensive line the entire year. Mm-hmm. We haven't had a consistent starting four or three whenever you decide to run on a three four. So yeah, um, it's two is that's that's the that's devastating. Uh, I believe in Mac Jones. I hope he steps up. You know, um, a few years ago, you had Ohio State in the playoffs to down to the third string quarterback and, and still won it. We definitely have the offensive talent as far as skilled players and offensive line. Um, but we'll we'll see, man. The road's going to be tough now without Tua. Man, so what what is just your ideal scenario right now for Bama? I mean, obviously, it's went out. And, and uh, you know, get to the college football playoffs and try to make what? a run at a championship. But just right now, man, as you look ahead into next week, and then you know you have the Iron Bowl versus Auburn. Um, just what around what's surrounding Alabama, and by that I mean you know potential LSU uh, losses or or or, or Georgia uh, win here or there, and even looking into like other conferences like the Big Twelve or the Pac twelve. Ideally, just off the top of your head, what is just the best case scenario right now for Alabama? Um, Penn State being Ohio State is the best case scenario right now. Mm-hmm. It's the most realistic idea. Not really worried about Oregon because they play Utah um, down the stretch. They're going to knock each other out. Um, definitely not worried about Oklahoma, who, who um, lost, I want to say, against Baylor. Not worried about Baylor. Like I'm not worried about – No, they beat the, Baylor. Um, they beat Baylor. There. That's even better. So not worried about Oklahoma, who beat Baylor. I mean, even down the stretch – uh, oh, no team in the Big 12 is good enough, I don't believe, yeah. um, to get in. But Ohio State still has a tough test down the stretch. Um, they got to play 
Penn State, and then they might have to play Wisconsin or Iowa or Minnesota in the Big Ten Championship. So, um, yeah, I think I think Ohio State still has a realistic chance of getting knocked out. I, I don't see Clemson taking an L. Um, Georgia may beat Alabama, but, I mean, Georgia may beat LSU, sorry, um, yeah. but – I don't think they'll shift things much. I think Georgia will still be in the playoffs and LSU will still be in the playoffs. I mean, um, in, in the case of, of, of Oregon and, and their chances to make it, you know, if they went out and if they win uh, rather handily, I mean, you look at their only loss, which came to uh, which came from Auburn. I mean, at this point, does, does that Auburn loss still hold as much weight as it did a few weeks ago? Or is it gradually um, diminishing? If Oregon can win out, they would have a strong case if, if Georgia loses. They would have a strong case only because, again, that factor that Tua isn't playing. But let's say if, if Alabama somehow with Mac Jones goes and destroys Auburn, who, who Oregon lost to, let's say Alabama beats Auburn by 21 points then I don't think Oregon has a case anymore mm-hmm. because Alabama would have smoked them, not just just beat them, but they beat them without Tua. Yeah. So that that's an even bigger statement. That's a bolder statement. Um, and then, of course, Oregon head-to-head against Auburn, they lost. Yeah. So at this point, at this point, Oregon would really just need Auburn to beat Alabama and for LSU to beat Georgia in the SEC championship. And then uh, I can see them getting there. Yeah. Wow, man. There's a lot of different variables right now. And plus, you still can't can't even, you know, write off, you know, other things from happening. Like, um, I can't really recall right now if uh, – I think, yeah, Utah beat UCLA yesterday. And, yeah. And if they if they went out, obviously they're going to they're gonna meet uh, University of Oregon in the Pac-12 championship game. But what do you think their chances are if they win out? Just kind of looking at just other teams on the outside. I mean, I, and I even want to just talk about Oklahoma br- briefly, man, beating an undefeated Baylor. I mean, is there a possibility that both the Big 12 and the Pac-12 can have representatives? In, uh, no. In this, <laughs> no, not at all? I don't see a way at all. Even if for that to happen, Alabama will have to lose and Georgia will have to lose, but they will have to be all blowout. Right. Alabama will have to be destroyed by Auburn. And then LSU will have to destroy Georgia. Like and then I can see I can see a possibility yeah. for one of them to slip in, but that's it. You would need Ohio State to lose too. Yeah, that's all I'm about to say. Like, if, if Ohio so, State loses to Penn State next weekend. And Ohio State will have to get destroyed by Penn State before for both of them to get in because again Ohio State only has one loss. Yeah. And those teams already have one on. So it's it's a big, 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 yeah. It's a possibility. Yeah, it, it's a lot of things in this world that's possible. Yeah. Likely, um, I, I, I doubt, I oh, doubt man. it. And, and, and that game is at Ohio State in the horseshoe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, 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 yeah, it's, 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 it's a tough road. But, I mean, just looking ahead, though, just kind of wrap up this segment. Um, so your top four ranking, your top four for the, for the CFB right now is what? Is who? I guess I should. Uh, I'm still going to 
stick with what I said before, and it's kind of working out for me. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I, 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 just meant, I just meant go, going into this week. Yeah. Oh, going into this week? Yeah. Um, again, I, I'm going to keep the same feeling that I've been having. Um, well, going into this week, I'll keep Ohio State where they're at now. I don't think they're going to stay there. So I'll just keep where they're at. I got LSU, Ohio State, uh, Clemson. And and George is there, even though I want to play Alabama, I'm an Alabama fan, but I think that's gonna solve itself out again. I believe George is gonna beat LSU in the SEC championship. I believe Ohio State's gonna fall off, and I think you're gonna have a a year where there's three SEC teams represented in the playoffs. Do you think there is a chance that going into this week that Oregon could jump Alabama? based on Tua's injury and that the committee is taking that into consideration? No. No. Or that they or ethically they can't even do that. It's I don't I don't think that has anything to do with it. Again, you have to see what happens going forward. Again, Alabama still has a tougher schedule um than Oregon as far as being an SEC and being a Pac twelve team. And so you have to see down the stretch how things play off, play out. If Alabama lose to Auburn, and then the voters will go ahead and just let Oregon, you know, take their place. So there's no no need to move Alabama right now. Even though they lost to a, it's not like they lost a game. Um, and we still won that game 38-7. to um, So, so yeah, I, I don't see that happening. Not this week. Alabama will have to lose in order to move. Yeah. Well said, bro. I don't know. I mean, it's it's still must see TV. You know, still a lot can happen, man. I mean, do you just feel like this is further stating the case that maybe you should open the field to six or maybe eight teams? Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. I, I mean, think- this year it, it's college basketball has been so crazy this year. Uh-huh. I think it would be it would have been great if you had eight teams. Or you say, or college football? You said, yeah, college football. Yeah, yeah, that's something. Yeah, man. Oh well, man. No, as soon as I saw Tua went down, I was like, bro, I gotta, I got I gotta, I gotta get Terry's take on this, man, because it, it it looks bad. And plus, on top of that, you know, I didn't know his little brother was uh was going there. Oh yeah, he's on the team. He looked, <laughs> he looked cold, bro. He had like the the, the three quarter long sleeve with the the mid socks and the visor, bro. <laughs> Right, and he look he looked cold, man. He looked cold. I don't really know much about him and like um you know how he was in high school, but if it's any indication. There is a legend that he may be better than Tua, but I don't again I see a star Mac Jones. Yeah. He, he's gonna be the person that starts. Yeah. Uh it would be crazy if if something was to happen where Tua brother did step in. That would be crazy. Um but yeah, he's a true freshman. Uh, I doubt that happens. But we'll see. We'll see how everything plays out down the stretch. Again, Cordero Patterson ended up starting for Ohio State, and they ended up winning it all. And they snuck in at the end in fourth place, and everybody was wondering, like, why why are they here? And they're down to their third-string quarterback. So just keep that in mind. You said, you said who was the quarterback for Ohio State? Ohio State, Cordero Patterson. Cordero Patterson. Yeah, you remember Big Cordell? I think it's Joe, Jones. It's Jones. Cordell Jones, yeah, Cordell yeah, yeah. Jones, Cordell yeah. Jones, yeah. yeah. I, mean, I had to look it up real quick. 
Hey, thank you. <laughs> it's, all, it's all good. It's all good. But uh, but yeah, man. So yeah, we we just gotta just sit back and, and wait and see. A lot of interesting things happen across across the college football landscape. Speaking of football, man, let's kind of keep it going, but switch gears into the NFL. Um, I mean, bro, like, what more can you say about Lamar Jackson at this point? <laughs> I mean, he is proving everyone wrong. Everyone. And it's probably safe to say, man, that he's probably like the Michael Vick of this of this generation of NFL players. Oh, yeah. And, and he's, I'm not going to lie, he's a little bit more accurate than Michael Vick. Sheesh. Yeah. He's a little bit more accurate. Now, I still say that being so electrifying like Michael Vick was, I mean, Lamar Jackson is very electrifying, but Vick, it's like when he – it wasn't even the Zion run play. It was the, the the run plays where the line collapsed and he turns left and he turns right and it goes like – Vick had those plays. Lamar Jackson is better when it comes to the design run, but yeah. – what Lamar Jackson is doing is crazy, man. He threw for four touchdowns today. Four. Incredible. Um, and then running in um, for 85 yards. I mean, the guy's a beast. Um, definitely front runner for the MVP. I didn't see this coming. I don't think anybody saw this coming. No. And he's young, man. Lamar Jackson is young. <laughs> like, yeah. And so, man, it's crazy. I mean, imagine – him going forward with Patrick Mahomes with, excuse me, Deshaun Watson, who had a bad game today, but still, like, yeah. the talent at the quarterback position in the NFL is crazy, man. Bro, 17 of 24, 222 passing yards, four TDs. And then on the ground, nine carries, 86 yards for Lamar Jackson, bro. This is, this, this is, this is incredible. And I, I love that they're, that they're also starting to utilize RG3. Oh yeah, putting them in at the end of the game. That was that was a nice shout out. Very smart. Yeah. Um, something Alabama should have definitely done. What do you? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, what what do you think the mentorship is like though with somebody like RG three, who you know was not I won't say ahead of his time, uh, back in like two thousand uh, was it twelve eleven twelve when when he got yeah. burst on the scene coming out of Baylor, but just his style of play compared to to Lamar's was rather similar. But you know, obviously, RG three getting injured and 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 the, the whole controversy with the Redskins and and how when he basically had a torn ACL or was very in, very hurt and still played. Like yeah. what what do you, what do you Sad. think? What do you think is kind of like the dialogue between kind of like Lamar's predecessor in a way for this style of play um, as on a mainstream level and just so what do you think those conversations are like right now? Remind well, right now. Um... Of course, it's nothing but positivity. But I think what what RG three does for Lamar Jackson is remind him that he's not invincible. Lamar, I, people forget RG three had one of the best years ever for a rookie quarterback. Man, I mean, he looked incredible, incredible. He did yeah. his first year in NFL. Um, but RG three took a lot of hits. Because RG3, because of his speed and athleticism, and then RG3 accuracy and arm power, he felt like he was invincible. So a lot of hits, I mean, he just took. He didn't have to. Like, he could have just got out of bounds. But no, he would stay in bounds, or, you know, lower his head and try to run over a linebacker. Like, <laughs> and so having somebody who's who's been there, same playing style like you, you said, um, 
they can talk to you and be that second voice to remind you to get down, get out of bounds, doing good, get out of bounds. You know, your safety is first because what we want to see, like I said, Lamar Jackson is young. I want to say he's 21 yeah. years old, 21. Um, just imagine watching Lamar Jackson play into his 40s like Tom Brady. That would be wonderful. Yeah. Imagine the stats, the numbers that he could put up, both running and passing the ball. Yeah. Um, his arm, his arm's North, only going to get better. Only going to get better. Only going to get better. His, his ability to read defenses has improved. So, yeah. I mean, he just has to stay healthy. And that will, that will forever be a question. Um, how long can he do this? Right. And actually, bro, uh, let's see. He is 22 years old. 22. Okay, 22. It's still cool. young. Still. Still young. Still. It's a year off, man. 22. That's crazy. Oh, my goodness. Wow. But, no, nah, man, I, I like what I'm seeing. I mean, and obviously, you can't really just talk about Lamar Jackson, but I'll talk about the Ravens collectively and wish that this is a, a, a beautiful segue into, you know, NFL powerhouses right now, like teams that, like, which teams are, are simply the best? Like, who is the best team in the NFL? And, you know, when you have nine times out of ten the – the best player in the league right now, you're probably going to have also the best team. But in your yeah. case, in your case, Terry, who do you feel right now is the best team in the NFL? As we're basically a little over the halfway point. Um, it's tough. It really is tough. But I'm going to have to go with my team, man. I'm going to have to go with the Patriots. Our defense is incredible. We got a big win today against Philadelphia. Um, I know we just lost to the Boston Ravens, but part of me feels like Bill Belichick wanted to, to throw some stuff at Lamar Jackson. Not saying, of course, he lost on purpose. They will not say that. But it was an experiment game for Bill Belichick because he, he may have had a thought of how to stop Lamar and wanted to test it out a few ways. Mm-hmm. But going down the stretch in the playoffs, I feel like if we play the Ravens again, you give you give Bill tape, um, the study on, to study your tendencies, your reads, what you like to do. I, I believe we can we can match up and beat the Ravens. So I feel confident about our offense going forward. Um, I know we look horrible today, but again, that's because we had Nicola Henry coming back. Yeah. Um, Sanu is still getting um, accoladed within the offense. I mean, it, it's it's gotten to the point where we've had to throw to our undrafted wide receiver. Um, so, yeah. But but each week we're going to get better as far as chemistry on the offensive side, but our defense is, is crazy, man. It is. I, honestly, man, you know, because uh, right now I just pulled up some, some, some stats, and I guess out of the six major categories for, for stats, I guess as, as it pertains to team stats, the San Francisco 49ers – are in the top five of a four out of six rushing yards per game, total offense, passing yards per game, and total defense. Yeah. So I mean, is it is it fair that even despite their loss to to Seattle the other night, that San Francisco is is very easily still in that conversation? They're in the conversation, but I will say this: I don't. Just like I said about Jared Goff. I don't trust Jimmy Garoppolo. He threw two interceptions today. Um, that game came down to the last possession. Um, the Cardinals did their best, man. Shout out to Kyler Murray. Played an incredible game. Um, 
But San Francisco, bad. I mean, just it was just a bad call and a, and a better call on offense. Um, the Cardinals decided to send a safety blitz blitz at the end of the game. Um, I want to say it was like third and seven, third and eight. I don't know why, but I mean, I guess you're trying to get pressure on Jimmy, who's already thrown two interceptions at this time. And Jimmy yeah. made the right read and touchdown. Um, but I, I don't trust Jimmy Garoppolo in crush time. Um, that run offense is incredible, though. Um, hopefully those guys, Matt Breeder, Tevin Coleman, they both can stay healthy. Yeah. Um, but Jimmy, I just encourage time. I don't, I don't trust Jimmy. I, I think the San Francisco is going to finish nicely, mm-hmm. but I still think the Seattle Seahawks is going to end up winning, uh, which is going to cause San Francisco to fall back to a wild card position, and they may lose the first round of the playoffs. Wow. I mean, we're definitely going to talk playoff predictions in the coming weeks. So, I mean, I'm glad you brought that up. And just looking at Jimmy G's stats, man, today, man, 34, 40, 34 for 45, 424 yards, four TDs. Aside from the two picks today, man, pretty solid game on, on his on his part. But you know, it's all about consistency in this league. Um, based on the ru- on the rushing stats today, though, it seems like the Cardinals had their had their way with stopping the running game. And again, that's if another team can watch this and be able to stop Tevin Coleman, Matt Breida, stop that running game, and put more pressure on Jimmy to be Jimmy. Right. I, I don't no 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 disrespect to Jimmy, but I don't think he can throw for three hundred yards and for four touchdowns each Sunday that he lines up behind center. But I definitely could count on him throwing an interception or two. Right, right. And um, it appears that Debo Samuels looking like his number one target right now, man. Eight catches, 134 yards today. Debo's nice, man. Strong wide receiver, man. Young gun. Um, it's actually his rookie year. But, I mean, this he's a great wide receiver. Um, they, got, they got some nice skill pieces there in San Francisco. Um, I just, again... Don't trust their quarterback, man. Hey, man. Hey, yo, that's that's fair. So you got you got to prove yourself in this league, man. As we know, and speaking of proving yourself, you talk about as we switch gears now from the NFL into the NBA. You want to talk about a future Hall of Famer, ten-time NBA All-Star that's been proven that's proven himself time in and time out again and again. Carmelo Anthony finally, finally secures a spot. On an NBA roster, man, by being picked up by my beloved Portland Trailblazers, man. Shout out to Carmelo Anthony. Finally, we didn't want to see him go out like that. And I mean, hey, when my team wants to pick him up, hey, we'll we'll take that, especially in the in the situation we're in right now. So Terry, just yeah. just know just knowing just based on like projections and just where everyone thought the Trailblazers were gonna be. I mean, it's no secret that you know we're definitely underperforming right now. Um, and and on top of that, you know, you can't really move anybody until after. December fifteenth. How do you see Carmelo kind of fitting in into into the Portland Trailblazers uh, offense? Um, I hope he fits in well. I'll I'll just say that. Um, Portland, man, you you guys have definitely got off to a slow start. My only question with Melo, and I love the pickup, definitely do. Um, I believe Melo can still hoop, man. I, I think he can still play ball. He definitely deserves to be on the NBA roster. He's going to definitely come off the bench as well. We just need to see can Melo keep up in today's offensive game. Portland, you guys like to run like most NBA teams like to run. I can't I can't even think other than the Spurs right now. I can't think of another team that may not run um, in the modern-day NBA. So the question is, can Melo get up and down the court, be able to make shots and stay, 
stay um, in trans good on transition defense. You know, he has to get back. Um, and so we'll see how how much energy he has on the court, how his stamina. Um, he hasn't played, in, you know, like you said, well, a little over yeah. a year now. Um, last time we seen him when he was here in Houston. Uh, that's that's crazy. He was here in Houston, and now he goes to Portland. <laughs> um, but but we'll see how it works out, man. I really hope. I mean, he can average 12, 13 points off the bench for you guys and, and be kind of a uh, fuel to the engine to get you guys over this little this little hump. It's still early, man. Still yeah. very early yeah. in the NBA season. So no, I agree. I, I haven't got, given up on Portland yet. No, no, absolutely. I mean, it's it, it, it's just alarming. You know, at this point, you know, we're used to CJ McCollum uh, being a second half of the season type of player. But, I mean, what kind of remains to be seen is, is that is Terry Stotts and, and Neil O'Shea, O'Shea being the GM, Stotts the head coach, if they're, if they're growing rather impatient with that. I mean, you're here, here you are now. I think he's into his seventh season now here in the NBA. Yeah. So it's like, you know, you want more consistency out of a, out of a season uh, veteran shooting guard. Um, on top of that, man, you know, I honestly feel like right now, as as it looks, just given that we've tried our hand at starting, you know, just about any and everyone at, at Power Forward. I mean, Terry Stotts has had multiple lineups, multiple rotations with just trying to figure out, you know, who can work, who can perform and what can work. Um, I, I, quite frankly, I see Carmelo Anthony actually having a, a few opportunities to start this season. Um, yeah. Um, I, I really feel like, you know, um, just, just by based on like my predictions, I, you know, obviously Dame and CJ, you know, in the backcourt, followed by Nasir Little at small forward and Melo kind of playing that that power forward, that fifteen footer extended stretch stretch four role that he can play, and also with Hassan Whiteside, um, because we we need the scoring off the bench. I mean, having Rodney Hood and and uh, and uh, Bazemore coming off the bench is strong. Herzonia, I mean, he can get a double double at you know, at will, but he's been rather inconsistent. Same with Tolliver. Um, but also in, in, in his defense, I feel like we've been asking a lot more of him simply because, uh, you know, we're down uh, a power forward with uh, Zach Collins being out till possibly after the All-Star break and, and same with Nurkic. Um, but but I'm excited about it, man. I, I really think, to your point, Melo, if he can give us that 12 to 13, I mean, I'll take 15 <laughs> a game. You, you know what I mean? If he can do that and, and also see him on the defensive end, bro, that's, that's my biggest question. Yeah, like, transition. Yeah. It has to keep up. Yeah, and also I want to see what number he's gonna wear because um, uh, number seven, num- number seven, as you know, bro, Brandon Roy, that was his number. It's not retired, but uh, it's one of those, it's like an unspoken type of thing. You know, no one's come up here and just you know try even attempted to uh yeah. to, to, to put that on. And on top of that, number fifteen is is retired. That was uh, I believe Larry Steele, the former former Blazer, uh, had that number retired. But I wouldn't be surprised if if if, if B Roy and everybody was cool with Melo wearing this Melo, but um. But at the end of the day, man, it's good to see him back in the league. It's good to see him active. Uh, I'm not sure when he'll when he'll make his debut. I believe we play the Rockets on Tuesday night, so I would I would. It's gonna be nice. Yeah, it is gonna be nice, man. But um, uh, but I believe that game is on the road. I'm not really sure when our next home game is. Uh, but on top of that, nonetheless, glad to see him back. And uh, yeah. So. Anyway, bro. Um, let's take a look at the docket. Like, what else we got? Did you have anything else? Do we have anything else to get at? Um, that was kind of a, I just want the week. Yeah, it definitely was. Um, but I want to touch on the subject real quick. Um, Colin Kaepernick 
practice um, in Atlanta this Saturday, he decided for some reason he decided not to attend practice at the college facility that was chosen by the NFL where he would have NFL wide receiver, NFL staff, um, NFL participation, according to Stephen A. Smith, excuse me, up to 22 teams um, in NFL to record. Instead, for some reason, I'm not sure why, haven't been told why, um, hoping for more clarification um, come Monday, but for some reason, Kaepernick decided to do his own thing um, by doing tryouts at a high school um, in Atlanta, and about eight teams were able to leave where the venue was originally supposed to be and make it over there to the high school to actually watch him um, perform. But I, I, I'm just confused. I mean, you're talking to someone who's been advocating for him to be back in the league. I definitely know he's better than than the quarterbacks that we're watching. Um, I don't even. I can't even think of names. The quarterback who's I think it's Finley right now with the Bengals, mm-hmm. and who who played? I just watched someone that was horrible. <laughs> um, but uh, it's it's just that he can definitely start right now. Uh, in this in this current NFL, with all the injuries, yeah, whoever played for the Broncos, whoever that guy was, Brian Allen, something I don't know, but these are no names. Um, and for for anyone to think Holland should be on the team, they're crazy. But he has to be willing to prove it. And after today, I I don't know if he still wants to play or not. I mean, I, I'm sorry, I hate to say it. I mean, it's a noob. He for what he's did. Um, what he stood up for. Um, I really appreciate him for bringing light onto social justice issues. Right. That, that's that's the reason all this started. Um, but at the same time, if you don't want to play cap, just say you don't want to play. Um, don't don't have the fans getting hyped one one minute and then the next minute you do something yeah. that makes it seem like you don't really want to play. Yeah, I mean, and and. I guess to your point and to what you know Stephen A. Smith alluded to, you know, it it comes a time, right, where there's a form of civil compromise. Right. Yeah. You know, as it pertains to you having a job and playing in the in the NFL again. Um, you know, whereas, you know, you separate football issues from uh, you know, personal social justice issues and beliefs. Which, however, there has been shown that there is a somewhat of an overlap, <laughs> you know, or or, yeah. or or lack thereof, even you know, just depending on who you talk to on on, on uh, either side of it. But you know, I'm I'm gonna shoot him some bail, you know, just kind of looking at it from from his perspective. You know, he said his biggest thing was transparency. Uh, his biggest thing was he wants he wanted everyone to just see that hey, look, there isn't any like weird motives from the NFL. This is just strictly about football. Come see me about football. Whatever you guys want to ask me, I'll answer it. But I want you guys to ensure that I'm getting a fair shot because I mean, I even alluded to it this week uh, on, on my, on my other podcast, the trash shape podcast, you know, where that you honestly never, never know what motives could lie within the GMs and other scouts being there. You don't know if it's going to be, 70% 
interview, 30% tryout, um, you know, or you don't know, like, if you, if you feel like you're going to be attacked in it, and like, in some way, which even though he's he's probably, like, prepared for it, he's, he's probably expecting everything. He's expecting the NFL to throw everything at him. Yeah. But, but, but I mean, do you at least, like, see it from his point of view? Because I don't think it's that he doesn't want to play. He just he just wants to he wants to be vindicated and he he wants to go about it his way even though part of the road to vindication and redemption is like okay maybe it's a lot less about doing it my way but showing you that I'm gonna beat you at your way um i i can see it from his standpoint his yeah. point of view and it's kind of like um a lot of people probably hate when i say this but it's kind of like what when Antonio Brown almost poked at in and all of his madness was having to do things the NFL way, having to to bow down and, and do it by their book. And I feel cap on that, especially what he's trying to stand for. He wants it, it to be done his way. But the thing is, the NFL is an organization that they have rules in place for certain reasons. And, and one of the biggest reasons that they wanted you to show up to this event to meet with this team because everyone knows exactly what they were going to ask you to do. And everyone knows that they needed an answer. They needed to know if we allow you to play on an NFL team where you still kneel and protest the flag or is the protest done? Is it over with? We all know they want to ask the question because they want to know the answer. And, and I understand if Kat was trying to avoid that question, sure. but yeah. I would, but I would respect it more. And again, this is just a person who I feel like the goat and the biggest philanthropist, the biggest person to ever stand up for what he's he believed in was Muhammad Ali. Would Muhammad Ali have missed that interview? Hell no. Muhammad Ali would have been in that press conference with something for the entire world to listen to. Um, and so that that's my only thing. I feel like feel like we we'll, would we'll show more resilience and guts if he just stood in the fire and overcame that situation and still got back into the NFL. Yeah. Um. Because that to me that will make a complete story. Yeah. You know that that will make a complete yeah. event. I mean, and, yeah. and, and, and to your point, bro. I mean, it's about Muhammad Ali, bro. It speaks honestly on generational. Now I don't want to say entitlement. Right, but just I guess pursuit of of justice. You know, yeah. I feel like in this day and age, just so much about above of people wanting to do things their way. Hey, if I don't get this the way I want it, then I don't want it at all. You know, yeah. versus that where in the past there was a certain time where it's like, look, we're making our voices to be heard, we're standing out, we're fighting, we're not gonna sit back and let them slap us in the face. But at the end of the day, you know that progress is progress and a process is a process. And to, the, yeah. and to your point about the NFL, bro, you're right. The NFL is, I mean, and, and, and Stephen A. Smith has alluded to this as well. This is a this is a business. This is a business who reserves the right to have their own stances in place regarding, uh, you know, certain behaviors and protocols. Yeah. They reserve the right to question you. Now, when there's collusion and you're being blackballed and things of that nature, you know, based on your on like, you know, your beliefs or whatever, I guess, you know, that kind of starts to infringe, you know, certain things, which I would assume that in the next CBA is going to be pretty, uh, pretty vocal and pretty, uh, I guess, expressive 
about. But, you know, bro, it, it goes both ways. There's a certain amount of compromise, a certain amount of resilience. And honestly, yeah, I would have loved to see Kaepernick pull up to wherever the NFL was. Like, you know what? I'm a, Hey, I'm going to show you guys that I still got it. We're going to make this about football. Whatever question you want to ask me, ask me. Go ahead. It's fine. But I'm still going to yeah. show you guys that I deserve to play in this league. And it's going to make you guys look utterly stupid and ridiculous for even, for even like holding, holding everything against me like you have the last three years. But, exactly. but honestly, I guess like one one final take on that. Do you think that a team will sign Colin Kaepernick within the next couple of weeks? Because only in the game. It's, it's because of the pettiness of the NFL. No, because Cap didn't show up to where they wanted him to be. It's the pettiness of the NFL. It's 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 a it's a shield that every player lives behind. When you come a part of the NFL, you become a part of an organization. Um, me and you are both a part of a fraternity cap out Yeah, you know how dear it is to us and what we do, um, out of respect for our shield. And so, the NFL is it's, it's almost the same, man. So, if, because he went against something that they wanted as an organization, I doubt the organization allows him in now. Because you didn't, you didn't do it the way we set out for you to do it. We laid this foundation, paid for these people to go here, paid for this venue, paid for these players. To, like <laughs> we, the media day, like we set this up for a reason. Um, so I, I, I don't think it's gonna happen now. How do you think Jay Z feels about all this? <laughs> um, he tried, he tried, and again, it's crazy because everyone. The first thing you had people saying was, oh, what Jay-Z going to do? Is, is he going to bring Cap back in the NFL? And now Cap actually has a tryout, and, and no one even brought up jay Z name or even stinking it. Did he have some? Like, that's not even the conversation, but that's neither here or there. Um, but if, if I'm hove right now, I'm thinking I tried. Um, and, yeah, all I can do is move forward and see what else can I do to have an impact on this league now that I'm in this position. Absolutely. And, and, and just real quick, according to Adam Schefter on Twitter, the eight teams that attended Caps workout on Saturday were the Kansas City Chiefs, the New York Jets, Philadelphia Eagles, Tennessee Titans, Buffalo Bills, San Francisco 49ers, which is uh, Kaepernick's former team, uh, Washington Redskins, and the Detroit Lions. Um, out, of all, out of all those teams, sounds like to me, the Jets could probably be in, in, in need of a, of a solid backup. Um, the Redskins, for sure. Um, yeah. As as well as the Titans, uh, Philadelphia, perhaps maybe, but they kind of seem to have a solid situation up there. But they could use a solid backup. As can Buffalo, and I don't I don't really know what San Francisco's quarterback situation is looking like. And I guess we could talk we could talk about Detroit, the the Lions quarterback situation with Stafford probably on the next episode because it's been kind of quiet up there, man. And, oh yeah, uh, yeah. Um, he he was out today with an injury, slight injury to his hand. Right. Um, but yeah, it's Detroit. It, Stafford's had a lot of opportunities, man. A lot of opportunities. So I don't, I don't know what they're gonna do going forward. Man, no telling, man. But yeah, man. So that's all I had, Terry, bro. Anything else? Um, that's it. That's it, man. Shout out to the England Patriots again for getting it done today. Um, it was an ugly one, but it was a win. Hey, man. <laughs> Got to take what you can get these days, bro. But, yeah, man, hey, that's all I have. Terry, bro, uh, it's good talking to you, man, this week. 
finally being able to stay in contact, get in contact with you. Um, <laughs> man, so, yo, if there's nothing else, man, my name is Ethan, a.k.a. Easy Pull Up. You can follow me on Instagram and on Twitter, at Easy Pull Up, E-A-Z-Y-P-U-L-L-U-P. Terry, where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram at Terry Jenkins Jr., and you can find me on Twitter at Terry, well, terrific underscore Terry. Um, you guys have a good night, um, and watch the rest of this game. Hopefully it's a good one. Yo, right on. All right, Terry, I'm going to holler at you, bro. All right, bro. All right.